0: A section of the reading that we heard from Romans this morning is among the most popular text used for funerals. The passage from Romans speaks of suffering and separation, but also the promise of resurrection hope. I think we are all dealing with a certain amount of grief and loss at how this pandemic has changed our lives. Many, especially those who live alone, who are more isolated, are feeling the separation from community, friends, and family. I love the line in the Romans reading, the spirit intercedes with sighs too deep for words. This speaks to the longing so many of us have right now. We know that parts of life as we knew it may be gone forever, but long for a new normal that is not defined by social distancing and a pandemic. A quote attributed to St. Irenaeus is, the glory of God is a human fully alive that is the glory of God but it can feel hard to be fully alive right now I heard the story of a preacher who began a sermon on this Romans text by saying life is hard over and over and over and that was the whole first half of the sermon before she continued, Life is hard. Yet Romans 8 concludes with St. Paul's famous line, For I am convinced that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation, will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul is talking about the restoration of all creation and all people into the likeness of God through Christ, but also proclaiming that nothing, not death, not a pandemic, not shelter in place, can separate us from the love of God in Christ. This means, despite how we might be feeling now, that we have not been abandoned and will not be abandoned. St. Paul affirms, God is for us. In our current reality, where we cannot gather in the church or sing together or share communion or see family and friends, or travel. We need to focus on those things that connect us to God in Christ and that connect us to each other. If nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ, then maybe we should focus on what connects us, what gives us life, rather than on that which separates us. What is life-giving for you right now? Where do you see God at work in the world or your own life? Where do you see the kingdom of heaven manifesting today? This brings us to the gospel passage and Jesus' parables of the kingdom of heaven. Perhaps our current circumstances can help us gain a new perspective on these familiar, if odd, parables. The story is told of a person who was going to paint their room, and they had two cans of paint of different colors. But they could not decide which of the two colors to use to paint the room. So the person prayed before going to bed, God, Which color should I paint my room? Please give me an answer. But no answer came. The next day, the person prayed again, God, what color should I paint my room? Still, no answer came. On the third day, the person prayed again, God, what color should I paint my room? Please give me an answer. And God answered, I don't care, just do something. (laughs) These parables are about getting unstuck. And it can be pretty easy to feel stuck right now. All of the parables are active, they're not just static. They're not, the kingdom of heaven is like a nice garden. There's action, there's development. Happening, So they're active, but they also have very unexpected elements. The mustard seed. What a curious parable that Jesus tells. Because the mustard seed, in fact, is not the smallest of seeds, and it does not become the greatest shrub or tree. In Jesus' day, a mustard plant would have been viewed as a weed, it took up valuable land and resources and would have been pulled out by farmers. Indeed, they would have been worried about mustard seeds getting in with their other crops. The people hearing the parable would have been confused by Jesus' use of the mustard seed and the mustard plant as a parable for the kingdom. But Jesus is saying it is like the kingdom because it provides shelter for the birds Jesus is inviting us to see value and grace, where we might not have seen any for ourselves. This parable always makes me think of the wine country that many of us live so near to in Sonoma and Napa. And at certain times of the year, you can drive up and look at the vineyards and see mustard growing between the rows of vines. The mustard gets mulched to help the soil and to help the wine grapes grow. But also, mustard has some properties that help keep a very harmful type of microscopic worm away from the vines. So it's doing some wonderful work there. And I love the idea that when we think of the wine we use for communion, it is the mustard seed that is helping us have that. And then this parable of a woman leavening bread. Another curious one for the audience, because Jewish worship uses only unleavened bread as a reminder of the people's flight out of bondage in Egypt. They didn't have time to bring leaven or wait for bread to rise. The kingdom being like a woman making leavened bread is a juxtaposition And it has a twist. Leaven, in Jesus' day, was made from spoiled bread. That is how they got the yeast. But it came with other bacteria, too. Too little of the yeast, and the bread would not rise. But too much of it, especially with other bacteria, could cause food poisoning and even death. In fact, in the Bible, leaven is a symbol for sin because it can so easily become corrupted. But here is Jesus saying that the kingdom is like a woman who made enough leavened bread for a large banquet. It is shocking for Jesus to say that something associated with sin and corruption is now a parable for the kingdom. Also, I love this, in the parable Jesus represents the baker woman, which would be pretty unexpected to his Jewish audience where the priests are all men. The next two parables ask us what we seek and what we would be prepared to give for it. God's promise to us in Christ, which St. Paul spoke of is so marvelous that it is worth everything, worth selling everything to buy that pearl or to get the field with the hidden treasure. What would you give for the kingdom of heaven? One of the things that the forced separation of the pandemic is teaching us is how much we already separate ourselves from each other, and how much we judge others to assert our own worth. In the midst of the pandemic, we are seeing people come together in unity to end the separation of racism. And to me, the whole debate over wearing masks is somewhat absurd, but it highlights the ways we sometimes assert our sense of personal liberty over the call to love our neighbor as ourself. The parable of the net tells us that God wants to catch all of us and that it is God, not us, who decides which fish are good and which are bad. It turns out that the only thing that can separate us from the love of God in Christ is ourselves. Jesus says to the crowds, therefore, every scribe who has been trained for the kingdom of heaven is like the master of a household who brings out of his treasure what is new and what is old. This is an invitation to each one of us to become scribes, to become tellers of the parables of the kingdom of heaven. So I have some homework for you this Sunday. And maybe if you are currently in a situation where you are basically asking God what color to paint your room, it will help you get unstuck, and actively see and pursue the surprising and unexpected ways God's kingdom is being manifest. Your homework is to write your own parable of the kingdom of God. The kingdom of heaven is like... fill in the blank... Last week, Ginger referred to Monty Python's skit, No One Expects the Spanish Inquisition. And definitely check it out on YouTube if you haven't seen it. It's phenomenal. If no one expects the Spanish Inquisition, then certainly no one expects the kingdom of God to be what it is actually like. That is part of why Jesus uses these amazing parables I wonder if you saw the video of Dr. Anthony Fauci throwing out the first pitch at the Nationals opening baseball game. Apparently, his arm was so sore from practicing for this first pitch that he could barely throw. And when he pitched, the ball went way off to the side, (laughs) nowhere remotely close to the catcher. One commentator said, this guy doesn't want people to catch anything. (laughs) I respect the consistency. The kingdom of God is like that. Jesus' parables of the kingdom of God show us that nothing can separate us from the love of God in Christ. Remember the words of the Lord's Prayer, your kingdom come, Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Another way to think of the parables of the kingdom is to try to put into words that sigh that is too deep for words. A parable of the kingdom, it is taking the indescribable longing that we feel and then finding an unexpected fulfillment to that longing. That is one way to think about the parables and the way they are active. So what is your parable of God's kingdom? I hope you will take some time to think about this and to write your own parable of the kingdom. You can text it to the number we use for prayers during this service, You can email it to me if you'll share it. I would love to share all of our parables of the kingdom anonymously with the congregation. And remember that they're meant to be active. Let us be the scribes that Jesus calls us to be. Jesus said, the kingdom of God is within you. So let us bring out from our treasure what is old and what is new. Amen.